If you thought night one of the digital DNC was cringeworthy and awful, allow me to introduce you to the second night last night, which in my opinion was way worse. I'm sorry, man. At this point, the DNC is an unmitigated disaster. And I can only imagine the next night is going to be a whole lot worse. First, let me show you this image. What you are seeing on the screen is a man dancing. This was the, I guess, the closeout for the first DNC night. And people, Kyle Kalinske, a progressive, tweeted out this video saying this is Donald Trump's reelection or something. The moment Donald Trump got reelected in this image, you can see a comment on a YouTube video saying we're going to lose, aren't we? Perhaps it really does seem like they're preparing for a crushing defeat. But this was night one. Night two was actually worse. My friends, I give you the ultimate in absurdity. Peggy Flanagan says, I'm excited for the DNC Native American caucus meeting today, including Elizabeth Warren. This is real. Elizabeth Warren spoke for at the Native American caucus on the DNC. They started with the Pledge of Allegiance. Elizabeth Warren, what? AOC endorses Bernie Sanders, not Joe Biden. They played this really cringy celebrate good times. Come on with Joe Biden just kind of lost. He stuttered and, and, and he couldn't speak properly. This was ridiculously bad. I do not understand how this is the Democratic Party. I, I believe they're the biggest political party in this country, one of the most powerful in the world. And this was such an, an insane disaster. I'm shocked. I looked, I looked back. Listen, I stopped and reflected. I said, am I doing this thing where I just rag on Democrats nonstop? I do often. It's like all the time. And I'm like, but do they really deserve it? I've given praise to Democrats and they've done good things. Elizabeth Warren called out big tech, said they should be broken up. And I praised her. AOC, the same thing. When AOC was teaming up with Ted Cruz, I praised her as well. I try to make sure credit is given where credit is due. But no, it really is this bad. Even Stephen Colbert, was dragging Bill Clinton because they had him speaking because Bill Clinton is not a good. How are you going to criticize Donald Trump? Bill Clinton It's basically what Colbert said. And not only this, the day Bill Clinton is set to speak, leaked photos come out of him with a certain I got to be careful. I want to keep this one political, so I'm not going to get into the whole flight logs incident with Bill Clinton, but he's getting a massage from one of the victims. I'm just you know what, man? Again, I apologize. I'm trying to keep this one focused on the DNC, but it goes deep and dark. And this is the same day they're having Bill Clinton speak and he's going to criticize Donald Trump to such an absurd degree. Even Colbert himself calls it out. Now, now you got AOC dragging NBC News for accurately pointing out AOC endorsed Bernie Sanders at the event. She claims it's oh, it's all normal. OK, let's take a look at what's going on, because After all of this, they're still pretending like the Democrats are going to win. But let me just I got to say it one more time. Elizabeth Warren speaking on the Native American caucus. What? How is this a thing? Oh, man. You know, I'm laughing because I'm having a good time here. It's fun. It's funny. That's how crazy this year has been. Can it get any crazier? Probably not. All right. Let's let's go through all the news. Before I get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate. If you'd like to support my work, there's many ways you can give. There's a PO box where you can send stuff. But if you would really like to support my channel, make sure you subscribe because a lot of people who watch aren't actually subscribed. If you want to make sure YouTube does send you my videos when they get published, just below the video player is a subscribe button. Give it a tap. And just like that, you're more likely to receive my videos. Hit the like button and the notification bell if you really want to help out. 
And also share this video if you think I do a good enough job that other people should hear what I have to say. Check this out. I love this article. This is from KPRC. I believe it's just a local uh, radio station. They say Senator Warren speaks at DNC Native American caucus meeting. No, really, I didn't believe it. I kid you not. I refuse to believe it. I did not believe it. I said, y'all are yanking my chain. Somebody made a fake graphic. This is not real. It's real. It's real. Even we can't believe this is real. They say, remember when Elizabeth Warren blatantly lied about being Native American for decades after spending years telling people she had Native American lineage? And then she released an embarrassing DNA test and issued a public apology for her dishonest claim. The Cherokee Nation Secretary of State said in a statement, it makes a mockery out of DNA tests and its legitimate uses, while also dishonoring legitimate tribal governments and their citizens whose ancestors are well documented and whose heritage is proven. Senator Warren is undermining tribal interests with her continued claim of tribal heritage. But last night at the Democrat Party's virtual convention, it was like her botched DNA display never even happened. Amazingly, the DNC asked Senator Warren to participate in the Native American caucus meeting. Of course they did. <laughs> Zach Parkinson says the DNC, including Elizabeth Warren as one of the participants in its Native American caucus meeting today, can't make it up. Students for Trump said Babylon B articles become reality as the DNC has listed Elizabeth Warren <laughs> as one of the keynote. <laughs> Uh, as one of their Native American caucus keynotes, Naomi Lim tweeted, Elizabeth Warren during the DNC's Native American caucus, quote, with Joe Biden in office, Indian country will not need to worry about that kind of disrespect any longer. She was referring to Trump's relationship with tribal nations. Yeah, I just, I, I'm stunned. I really don't know what to say. I didn't believe it, but let, let, let me pull up Na- Naomi Lin, okay? I saw this and I said, who is this? Naomi Lin is a reporter for the, the DC Examiner, formerly of the BBC CNN politics. I'm sorry, I still can't believe this is real. There's no amount of images, no, 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 no amount of, of, of journalists who can say this, that she did this for me to believe it. But I, I, what, what do you want me to say? It happened. Now, what was really surprising to me was that they, Joe Biden's grandkids kicked off the DNC by leading the Pledge of Allegiance. And this was this was the other day, mind you, but the Pledge of Allegiance to me. And, and again, this is the other night just shows it's it's all fake, isn't it? It's, it's all just a game. They don't really believe anything. That's the that's that's the best I can say. Now, the Biden campaign has begun distancing itself from the former Women's March leader Sarsour after DNC appearance. A spokesman says Sarsour has no role in the cam- campaign. The reason why I'm just very quickly highlighting these two points right now is to show you I don't believe anything they say. They support the Black Lives Matter activists who are going around burning the flag. And, and I guess you can support peaceful protests. I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of people having the right to burn the flag, for instance, because that is the most profound uh, representation of the freedom the flag itself represents. It's kind of a, a weird paradox, but, you know, I support that, too. But when you have 83 nights of riots where they're attacking, you know, locals and, and, and residences uh, and trying to burn buildings down and kill people, And the DNC refuses to acknowledge it and repeatedly just says peaceful protests as these people quite literally call for decolonizing this country, like not supporting it in any way. And they want to lead with the Pledge of Allegiance. They never actually believed in this stuff, did they? Or how about this? They're going to distance themselves from Linda Sarsour. I'll say, okay, okay, I'll tell you what. Credit where credit is due. 
I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not the biggest fan of the Pledge of Allegiance, but I'm kind of just whatever. The reason why I wouldn't say I'm a big fan is because I believe in individualism and liberty, and you shouldn't have to pledge yourself you know, to the nation to be a patriot. So for the most part, I, it's kind of whatever. But, but I respect them for trying to be patriotic. Okay, I'll give credit where credit is due. They want to distance themselves from Linda Sarsour. Okay, fine. Credit where credit is due. I got no problem saying that. I just don't believe it. I'm sorry. Because AOC was also deeply involved in the Women's March, and they give her a, you know, a prime slot where she comes out and endorses Bernie Sanders and not Joe Biden. Now, this led to a whole other clown show of a controversy. And I'm just I'm just shocked how bad all of this is. AOC endorses Bernie and everybody starts hooting and hollering like, wow, she's supposed to endorse Joe Biden, but she comes out for Bernie. Unsurprising, right? Because she's a progressive. Apparently, she's claiming now it was a procedural formality and that she is supporting Joe Biden, but this was just a normal part of the process. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, 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 I'm pretty sure that everybody endorsed Hillary last time. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is procedural. But now you have this controversy around what she should have done, what she ended up doing, and how the media reported it. So re- whether it was her fault or not, whether it was the DNC's fault, this just shows more absurd confusion among the ranks. But more importantly, it's not so much that she endorsed, you know, Bernie Sanders, is that she gave this speech that was like she was like speaking to a postgraduate class of a, of a gender, you know, a postgraduate gender studies class talking about colonization and stuff like this, where she's getting praised. And regular people have no idea what any of this means. The Democrats have their heads wrapped up in Twitter and don't understand what real life is. So check this out. AOC gets just 60 seconds at DNC and does not mention Biden as she formally nominates Bernie Sanders and praises his fight for social, economic and human rights, but congratulates Joe in a tweet later. So here's what we ended up seeing from NBC News. They say in one of the shortest speeches of DNC, Rep Ocasio-Cortez did not endorse Joe Biden. Quote, I hereby second the nomination of Senator Bernard Sanders of Vermont for president of the United States of America. And this led to a lot of people, many conservatives saying, oh, man, the DNC is a clown show. Now, to be fair, AOC pushed back very hard, saying no way. How are you going to fix this incredible amount of damage and misinformation that you are responsible responsible for calling out NBC News? NBC News issued a 1.15 a.m. tweet, she says, to slip under the radar after blowing up a totally false and divisive narrative across networks, isn't it? You see, what AOC claims is that the DNC shared the procedural purpose of my remarks to the media well in advance. NBC knew what was going to happen and that it was routine. How does a headline that malicious and misleading happen without prior knowledge? Okay, so maybe it was normal and they had planned for a formal, you know, uh, declaration of support from AOC. And maybe AOC now is calling out the fake news. Doesn't this, this just play into the idea of the clown show? The fact that AOC is slamming the media for fake news because they they wanted her to formally endorse Bernie just shows that this thing was disorganized and a mess from the get go. But I'll tell you what gets better. NBC News didn't do anything wrong. Look, I'm I'm the first person to call out fake news and fake news is fake news. But this ain't it. NBC just said one of the shortest speeches and she did not endorse Joe Biden. That's a fact. Did you want them to write the entire article on Twitter explaining the formality Now, they did put an editorial note saying uh, the tweet should have included more detail on the nominating process. We have deleted the tweet to prevent its further spread. But what they said was simple and factual. 
just because people didn't understand the context isn't necessarily the fault of the media. I think it's more the fault of social media and the limitations of social media. Now, I can respect NBC News because they felt it was poorly framed. I've absolutely done similar things. But I think it's funny that AOC is acting like them putting out the quote is fake news and is misrepresentation. And I'm just I'm sorry, man, this this whole this whole thing, this whole DNC is just it's just hilariously bad. Take a look at this. Melissa Mark Viverito says AOC specifically mentioning colonization in her speech was incredibly powerful. As someone actively engaged in movement to decolonize Puerto Rico, I felt that's for sure. Gracias, Congress, Congressista, Congressista, whatever. And then we have this from Jonathan Chait calling her out. Chait is famously the guy who I, I believe he said that Donald Trump may have been a Russian asset since the 80s. So, you know, take what he says with a grain of salt. But he said, I don't think this rhetoric by AOC is for millennials per se. I think it's for products of elite universities. And here's a quote. It says she talked about a mass of people's movement working to establish 21st century social, economic and human rights. She called for that movement to recognize and repair the wounds of racial injustice, colonization, misogyny and homophobia and reimagine systems of immigration and foreign policy that turn away from the violence and xenophobia of our past. These are all lines that are standard fare on the millennial left, but would never get past a Biden speechwriter. He's uh, Jonathan Chait saying it's not for millennials. It's for the products of elite universities. And he's correct. And of course, AOC and many other people slammed him. She's here's what AOC said. If you believe people have to go to an elite university to know what racism, classism and xenophobia are, maybe that is a reflection of your class race experience more than it is anyone else's. Working class people are just as perceptive as privileged, oftentimes more so. You know, here's why I'm calling this out. First of all, Jonathan Chait is correct that the idea of anyone understanding the, the, the complexities of decolonization, as far as I understand, you're basically saying turn back the clock on the actual formation and expansion of the American, uh, uh, the United States itself. Decolonization. They've actually called for giving back Manhattan and a bunch of other absurdities. They've called for giving back land. Yeah, that's what decolonization is. I don't think regular Americans know what you're advocating for. And this is a trick of the far left intersectionalists using obscure language they pretend should be common knowledge that you don't really understand to trick you into supporting things that give them power. Here's my favorite part, though. This is the part that confused me. Working class people are just as perceptive as the privileged. What, what does that mean, AOC? Did she just pull a Joe Biden? Because we know where you think privilege lies with white males. I get it. Privilege can exist with other people, like people who go to elite universities. But isn't a, you know, uh, I don't know, a Latino student at Harvard still a marginalized person? Or is he a privileged person? I'd like an answer to this question. Because if she believes that anyone can be privileged, it kind of pushes back a little bit on their whole notion of white male privilege. Because then, I'll put it this way, if she's saying a white working class person doesn't have privilege and a Latino Yale student does, it kind of debunks the whole white privilege thing, right? I think she actually might be pulling a Joe Biden when he said poor people, you know, poor kids are just as smart and talented as white kids, if you know what I mean. That's basically what I interpret from her statements. But OK, OK, I'll tell you what. Let's move on from the AOC portion of the DNC clown show to the Stephen Colbert slamming Bill Clinton for DNC speech that lectured Trump on Oval Office behavior and reminds him he was also impeached on the same day embarrassing photo of being massaged by Epstein victim emerges. Even Colbert himself is mocking Bill Clinton. Look, let me read. 
Stephen Colbert has mocked the Democrats for featuring Bill Clinton discussing the importance of the Oval Office and lecturing President Donald Trump about his behavior. Colbert, in his nightly riff on the two hour convention, joked that Clinton's expression was of shock. Seen here finding out Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested, he joked. Wow, that's really brutal. The former president let Trump have it, Colbert said, cutting to, a sh- cutting to show a clip of Clinton stating that the Oval Office should be a command center. Instead, it's a storm center, Clinton said. Colbert commented, all right, that's true. That's a good point. But I don't think Bill Clinton gets to lecture anyone on what should happen in the Oval Office. Those in glass houses should not be allowed near interns. Man, Colbert is a lefty late night show host. I, I, I think the Democrats are getting prepared to lose. And I'm not kidding. It's not me being hyperbolic. I, I really do believe you know, the, we, we saw that the Democrats didn't buy top tier digital ad space. The Trump campaign did. I mean, that says to me, they know they're going to lose. The way I kind of described it is, you know, like you, you ever uh, I put out a tweet where I was like the Biden Harris ticket is it feels kind of like when you're in a rush and all your socks are dirty. So you just grab two random socks that, you know, you, you know, they don't match and they're not going to impress anybody. But you weren't planning on impressing anybody at the Dairy Queen anyway. So you wore them not caring. That's kind of what it feels like, right? That they just grabbed random B tier, you know, whoever, and just stuck them together and said, go for it. We're going to lose this year. Fine, whatever. Because now even even Colbert is dragging them. I'll tell you this. If this really is the best the Democrats have to muster, then wow, Republicans are going to own Congress, the Senate, everything for the next 20 or 30 years. But maybe this is the Democrats preparing for the next cycle. Maybe they really are planning on losing. We'll see. I got some. I want to talk a bit about this because they're saying they're saying Biden's going to win. Now, I, I'm not going to play the video because I don't. I probably get a copyright strike. NBC News posted this video. It says, watch Joe Biden celebrate, in quotes, Democratic presidential nomination at DNC. Look at this poor old man. The reason why I'm showing you this, you know that song? It's like, celebrate good times. Come on. This, this is the song playing as the balloons are falling and Biden looks confused as people come in. It is the lowest production quality, cringiest thing I've ever seen. The reason I highlight this is because it's basically a Simpsons joke. I kid you not. The Simpsons called it not in the same, not, not, not completely, you know, and not perfectly. I'll put it this way. But the joke from the Simpsons was Al Gore and he's sitting in his office and he goes, this calls for a celebration. And then he play, he puts a record on and it plays celebrate the song. And when they say celebrate good times, Al Gore, Al Gore goes, I will. I heard that song and I was like, You look at Joe Biden's face and you look at the reaction of the Democrats all clapping along to this song. And I'm like, this is quite literally the driest, worst production quality ever. You know, I'm willing to bet they're saving their money for for next year or, you know, for the next couple of years. You know, two years from now, there's going to be another congressional race. We got some Senate races coming up and they know, hey, you know what? Let's make as much money off Trump as we can and then get ready I don't know how the uh, FE, how the finances work, but I'm pretty sure whatever money they don't spend, they can use for more campaigns. So maybe that's the real goal. Now, now we did get a Biden gaffe, you know, because like I said, it was it was a clown show of a disaster, right? Lady, 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 Joe Biden crashes Jill Biden's DNC speech. And it was weird. It was really weird. Check this out. Uh, Biden said that Jill Biden was the love of his life and the strongest person I know. She's a backbone like a ramrod. She loves fiercely, cares deeply. Nothing stops her when she sets her mind at getting something right. 
Biden said, speaking as he dangled the mask between his fingers. Joe Biden urged everyone to think about their favorite teacher who gave them confidence. That's the kind of first lady, 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 lady this Jill Biden will be, he said. And what was that? It was really weird. Joe Biden just broke. But it's not the first time he's done this. I, I, I look at this thing of, you know, this video of Joe Biden and the song Celebrate, and I, I'm, I'm saddened by this, man. The dude is just not there. The dude is not there. Look at this. Biden is just lost, says Obama's White House doctor. This is from the Washington Examiner. They say the chief White House doctor to former President Barack Obama is worried about the mental health and stamina of former Vice President Joe Biden, suggesting that something is not right with the Democratic presidential nominee. The best way I can describe him every time I see him is that he's just lost, said Dr. Ronnie, Ronnie Jackson, the former White House physician to Obama and Trump. I won't make any particular diagnosis about dementia. But I, what I will say is that something is not right, added the retired Navy rear admiral who recently won a House GOP primary in Texas. And it is getting so bad that he is not comfortable with Biden being commander in chief. I'm not, he said, of the top Democrat set to be nominated by the Democratic Party for president on Thursday. He was. And I will give credit to the D.C. examiner mentioning this guy recently won a GOP primary. So, you know, he's biased. He's not. He is a former Obama doctor, a former Trump doctor. I think he's biased. But listen, man, when I watch this video of, of Joe Biden saying the first lady, 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 I couldn't understand what that was. It's almost like that moment where Hillary Clinton like shook violently. Remember that the reporter asks Hillary a question and then she just like shook, you know, in a weird manner and everybody thought something was wrong with her. Perhaps that was a moment where she was trying to be silly, like, whoa, I'm overwhelmed, but didn't know how to actually pull it off. Maybe it was just her acting silly. Not well, my, I'm, you know, I might add. But this Joe Biden gaffe is just a long, a, a long addition to all of the weird mental breaks in, 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 that Joe Biden ha- has had. He was, he was directly asked a question in an interview about his physical and mental fitness, and he couldn't say it. He was like physical and mental phenomenon physical and mental fitness. And it was just painful to watch him unable to speak. This is the the weirdest and most upsetting, you know, uh, absurdity of the whole DNC. We know Joe Biden can't handle this. We know he doesn't have the ability to do his job. He slurs his speech even when he does speak, even when he is literally saying English words. It's just it's mind numbing to me that we've come this far. The Democrats have played this game. Maybe I'm underestimating the degree to which they think they're going to lose and the resources they're willing to expend. Like I said about, you know, grabbing random socks and then you get Joe Biden. I think it's beyond that. I think they could have chosen some throwaway candidates they knew didn't have what it, what it takes to win. But Joe Biden is literally like on the ver- he's retired as far as I can tell. He's, he, he's the oldest nominee ever. They, they've picked someone who's they're like, look, it's going to be a little tough on you, Joe, but we really don't want to expend any legitimate resources. So how about Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, the least valuable assets in the Democratic you know, Party? And that's what we get. And that's why you see things like this. And I, I got to say, not only do I feel like they don't expect him to win, I think they even know he can't do it anyway. Now, they'll say it. They'll be like, Joe's got everything required. And the American people can only be lied to so much, which brings me now to another one of these forecasts. This is from JHK Forecast, which has Donald Trump set for a 17.4% chance of winning. And I'm just, you know what, man? 
if this really is an existential crisis and the U.S. is on the verge of collapse and they're going to elect Joe Biden after all of this and embrace the weirdness of AOC's decolonization of the Democrats literally putting Elizabeth Warren in the Native American caucus, then you know what? Fine. America's done. Okay, I'm sorry if the American people can't see through this stuff. We lost a long time ago. Donald Trump is far from perfect, but he's not bad. He's, he's not bad. He's done some pretty good things. There are things to criticize him for. You betcha. 100%. I say it all the time. I know, you know, some people, you know, the, the, the Trump supporters are like, it's tiring when Tim says, you know, he's going to criticize Trump. I'm sorry, man. I'm not an overt Trump supporter. I'm just, I'm not going to be. I will, I will, I will continually praise him for the good things he does. And the, and, and the main reason, you know, you don't, you don't hear these things in the mainstream press. I can, I can make videos all day and night be like, here is something that Trump has done. And I will say in the past year, I think he's done a tremendous job. He's done an excellent job on the economy. I think he's done a fine job dealing with the coronavirus. Not perfect, but you know, hey, he's improved. His demeanor has improved. And there's a lot of policy things he's doing that I'm a fan of. Right to try was huge. Pulling our troops out of Afghanistan, credit where credit is due. Okay, I can, I'm not, I'm not going to play these stupid media games. Joe Biden, in my opinion, ain't all bad. You know, he criticized the far left, said that these extremists should be arrested and prosecuted. But the dude just is not physically capable of doing the job, nor mentally. So are people really going to vote for this guy? Wow. I mean, I kind of hope not. Betting odds, however, have slightly improved for the Republicans in Senate control. Right now, betting odds over at electionbettingodds.com says the Democrats are still favored to win, but have gone down 2.9 points and the Republicans up 2.9 points. House control is at 82.9 betting odds for the Democrats. When it comes to the presidential election, Joe Biden is currently at a 0% gain and Trump is a 0.1% gain. So the Republicans have some minor boosts in their odds. I just got to say, you know what? If it were me, I'm not going to put any hard money down, but I will make a gentleman's bet right now that Trump's going to win. Okay, that's my gentleman's bet. That just means there's no money put on it, right? But I remember back in 2016, a lot of people won fat cash when they voted for Trump because the odds were like 10 to 1. So people put down 100 bucks, won 1,000 bucks. Nobody thought Trump was going to win. And I got to say, man, if you make betting odds based on broken media indus- the broken media industry, I think you've got a... Uh, You've got a good chance of winning some, some, some good money. I'm not a fan of gambling, though, so I would never do this, nor would I advocate for it. I just show the betting odds because I, I typically like to say the, money, the, 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 the bookies don't want to lose money. Their, their betting odds are what they hope to be safe, right? But maybe they'll make a lot of money because people are going to bet on Biden, think he's going to win, and then they know he's going to lose. And so they're going to get a bunch of, I don't know, suckers, whatever. Well, that was your night two of the DNC. It was confusing, chaotic with AOC. They put Elizabeth Warren on the Native American caucus. Joe Biden seemed lost half the time. They sang celebrate in a cringe worthy nomination process. The quality was low. Biden gaffed again. And in all of this, no matter how bad they do, the odds are supposedly in their favor. I look forward to night three. Of course, I'm not going to watch it live because I'm going to be doing a show with uh, uh, Jack Murphy, the guy who wrote the book Democrat to Deplorable tonight on the IRL podcast. That's over at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. But the next segments will be coming up over at youtube.com slash Timcast News starting at 6 p.m. I'll leave it there. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all next time. Night 83 of the ongoing riots in Portland. And I'm just going to say the far left, the Black Lives Matter extremists have won. I actually think so. The state police have retreated. The Portland police are demoralized and can't do anything. The DA is not prosecuting these people. And last night, they set fire to the Multnomah County government building. 
And all we got was the city begging for mercy, dropping to their knees, saying, please, this is a place for marginalized people, please. Too bad. You know what? I don't care anymore. There was a, there was a, there was a long time where I was like, these people must be stopped. Oh, 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 heavens. Antifa, Black Lives Matter extremists committing all this violence. And now I'm like, you know what? They, they, they want this. They've tied the police hands behind their back. And this is what happens. Fire set inside Portland's Multnomah building during unrest, riot declared. And how about this? Portland businesses fleeing downtown offices over nightly BLM riots because nothing's going to stop them. And then, of course, we have this statement from the Multnomah County chair. This is uh, this is Deborah Kafuri about the fire set inside the Multnomah building, basically just essentially begging for mercy. I'm worried about what happens next because I don't believe regular Americans will stand for this for much longer. And it's not just the riots. It's a combination of the riots and the lockdown. There's a viral video going around right now of a man yelling that the American people are peaceful now, but regular people are eventually going to stand up. And he straight up says, if it's against our own citizens, so be it. That to me is kind of a chilling message. But I've said that this, we are at least we're dangerously close to this actual civil conflict, whatever you want to call it. You got a guy standing up. This was in Shasta County, which I believe is, is California. And he's saying, You're, you, you, you are lucky right now. We're being peaceful. And the reason, the reason I bring these together is just, I look at the unrest where they target this Multnomah County building. And at this point, I've just stopped caring specifically because these are the people that empowered the riots. If you, if you, if there's a guy screaming in your face that he wants to beat you up. So you say, well, here's a baseball bat. Have at it. You think I'm going to be, I'm uh, what well, you gave him the bat. You empowered them to do this. I mean, at a certain point when I see them romping around, smashing stuff, I'm like, Hey, have the police go end this. But when the, when the government themselves are just like, we don't care. We like the riots. Let them roll. Why should I feel sorry for you at all? Not only that, when I saw the video of this, this building, you know, burning, it's, it's, it's an office, right? You see a computer and there's like glass everywhere. I shake my head, man. I don't like the violence. I don't think it's going to solve anything. But, the, but I, but after hearing that speech from that dude about, you know, the lockdown and how they won't let everyone open businesses, I don't, I think we're dangerously close to the point where these far leftists, there, there, there are going to be business owners and regular people, moms, dads, like legitimately, not the stupid far left ones yelling orange man bad. No, we're going to see like a dude who, you know, ran a, a bar coming out and being like, I don't care anymore. These people in government are destroying everything by locking everything down, refusing good, hardworking Americans their rights while supporting violent extremists. If you want the violent extremists, then don't be surprised when that's what you get. And that to me is what's scary. I think the one thing that really ends, you know, th- this kind of stranglehold lockdown Antifa is a, is a loss in confidence. But I believe violence is much more likely than a loss in confidence. What, what I mean by that is if everybody just went out and, I, and I'm a- absolutely not advocating for anything, I'm just saying, in my opinion, if everyone stood up at the same time and said, I'm going to do a thing, nothing could stop them. No cop, no, no governor, no commissioner, no office, nothing. The people do what the people want. If one day everybody woke up and said, I no longer want U.S. dollars or something, then nobody would, it wouldn't be currency anymore. Confidence is what makes the government's authority work because there's certainly not enough police to even deal with a riot, let alone all of the residents. However, I think most people won't 
just stand up in unison. It's very hard to coordinate that. So what, what is likely to happen first? More violence. I think we might actually see more residents fight Antifa. They might beat them in the streets. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they go throw bricks through windows. And I don't think anyone's going to do anything to stop the hysteria that's leading to this. So here's what I'll do. Let's, let's talk about the riots real quick. And I'll give you the quick update because this is your morning riot update with your, with your host, Tim Pool. And then I will actually want to talk about the hysteria because New Zealand is the perfect example of unhinged hysteria. Six new cases of COVID and they're sending in the army to lock down hotel. It's just ridiculously unhinged. But when there is no challenge to the establishment hysteria or when the establishment is, is trapped in this cycle, this is what happens. They don't dare stop the rioters because, well, the Democrats said they were peaceful protesters. And they just keep locking everything down. And just, it's just it's 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 a uh, entropy. It's a downward death spiral of destruction. You want to know what really, really made me laugh, though, just as an aside, you know, the DNC, they're doing their live thing every night. You know, they opened with the Pledge of Allegiance. Are you kidding me? You defended these riots 83 nights. And they say at the DNC the other night, they're like, peaceful protesters, Trump and the peaceful protesters, peaceful, peaceful. You defend all of this. And then you have the nerve to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Laughable. Fox says Portland experienced chaos yet again early Wednesday after a fire was set inside the city's Multnomah building prior to the police department declaring another riot. Police took to Twitter to declare the riot after individuals vandalized, repeatedly smashed first floor windows with rocks and threw burning material into an office. The department retweeted a video posted by Hannah Ray Lambert, a reporter with KOIN News, who filmed a small fire with a crowd in the background chanting, what did you see? Didn't see S. Eventually, you're going to see the same thing. Listen, this is the Multnomah County building, okay? It's not a police department. It's not a federal courthouse. It's like a government administration building. And they're throwing bricks to the windows. And I look at this. I think of that guy yelling, you know, release the lockdown. And then I think eventually you're going to see people laughing at these government buildings being attacked. Regular residents are not going to care anymore. And they're going to say, well, these people who work in government, they're getting what they deserve because they're tired of this arbitrary and unconstitutional edict locking everything down. Portland police confirmed the fire to Fox News. Lambert reported that protesters later fought with police. By Wednesday morning, police had arrested two people, Fox 12 reported. You know, when the riots engage in this way, the police tend to disengage. The other night, they tried flooding the Portland Police Association building. Cops just backed away. Well, now we can see what's happening in Portland. Businesses are fleeing downtown offices over nightly riots. What do you expect? Large companies from the New York Post, large companies are fleeing offices in downtown Portland because of the nightly Black Lives Matter riots are making the heart of the Oregon City a no-go area, according to a report. Businesses are leaving. Andrew Hone, the president and CEO of the Portland Business Alliance, told KATU. The financial consequences to the downtown corridor are a running calculation that it's that is almost impossible to wrap your mind around, he said, with one company already saying the riots have cost $20 million in damage and lost business. You have blocks and blocks of plywood. You have graffiti. You have accumulation of damages that are unrepaired and an ongoing perception that coming downtown is not a safe place. We need to start to turn the corner now so that this sort of irreparable damage does not last. Portland has seen 83 nights, this we understand. They say Standard Insurance is one of the companies to now largely evacuate. 
switching many of its 2,100 Portland employees from its downtown HQ to, inst- uh, to instead work at a site just outside the city. Our downtown properties have sustained significant vandalism, and a number of employees and contractors have been assaulted in recent months, the company's senior spokesman, Bob Spelt, said. Hilarious. I was told over and over again the feds were causing the violence. I was told over and over again the violence was just directed at the courthouse. I was told over and over again Portland was fine, but they've been going to residential neighborhoods. They've been targeting buildings and local employees. And we had the other day a video of some young woman just walking down the street and they attack her. And she says, I was just walking down the street. They're attacking me. Yes. At a certain point, regular people won't stand for it. For now, regular people, I think, will do everything in their power to avoid a fight, to avoid a conflict. And if that means leaving, so be it. They'll leave, which means the far left has won. You know, maybe some people don't want to hear it, but it's true. Portland has been overrun. They're unable to do anything to stop these people. Here's what I find really funny. Oregon Live, which is a local outlet, repeatedly says dumb things like the protest was peaceful for the first hour and then it got violent. So you mean a large roving band of black block extremists stood around for about an hour before engaging in overt violence. It wasn't a peaceful protest. The extremists were gathering their numbers before they started destroying things. Mostly. Yes, yes. The, the insurgents in Afghanistan were were mostly peaceful for the first hour up until they started shooting at other people. What does that it doesn't make sense? They're belligerents. They're extremists. They're violent. And this is what we get. Statement from the Multnomah, Multnomah County chair about the fire set tonight. And I kid you not. She said a small group set fire to the Office of Community Involvement, a space dedicated to engaging community members, blah, blah, blah. I'm not reading your your, your pity note a small group. Andy No chimes right in. Uh, DKA, uh, D. Kafuri can minimize what happened by repeating small group over and over, but the videos show quite a large group met ahead of time to attack the building. It was pre-planned and there was a flyer for it the day before. That's right. Andy No notes, the Youth Liberation Front organized the riot overnight where the Multnomah County building in Portland was smashed and set on fire. This was a new target for them. The next gathering is announced for Elizabeth Carruthers Park. This means they will likely attack the nearby ICE facility. They're organizing on Twitter. These extremists, terrorists, are organizing on Twitter to attack local government buildings, and they get away with it. Are they getting banned? No. But heaven forbid you say a naughty word on Twitter, and they will ban you instantly. But if you're a violent extremist group organizing terrorism, Twitter has no problem with it. It's almost like They want Trump to win, right? But what I think we're actually seeing is there is a it's almost like the dominoes are falling over and they're falling over too fast. Hysteria is sweeping this country. You've got people absolutely terrified to say anything against the left. Why? Because the left is violent. They are. Now, many of these liberals who are going to be voting for Biden or whatever, mostly just aren't paying attention, to be fair. But I think what's what we are seeing People who are in the know politically, who are downtown and are watching this happen, they know that if they stick their neck out, well, they'll be the targets next. Somebody will show up with a brick baseball bat or torch and vandalize their property. So they shut up and they run away. Twitter won't do anything because Twitter is scared about the violence in the Bay Area. And Twitter is all these companies are located over there. They know what happens. They don't want the violence coming to them. So just give these extremists what they want. Well, here's what you get. 
Andy Noe says there were several hundred Antifa rioters involved in the organized violence that was announced earlier in the day. On what planet is that a small group? Yep, Andy's correct. And how about this? The best, the best the U.S. attorney can, can, can do right now, and I mean this with all due respect, is denounce the violence. I'm actually much more a, a fan of the federal government right now, but I am disheartened to see with this. Look, you know, I want this. This statement is in reference to the guy who nearly got killed last night. OK, U.S. attorney's statement. This is from Billy J. Williams saying, like many Oregonians, I was sickened by the video circulating online showing a man being pulled from his truck in downtown Portland and beaten and kicked until he lies on the pavement unconscious. While the circumstances leading up to this brutal assault are still uh, under state and federal review, I must condemn in the strongest possible terms the depraved violence. We must all continue to work together to achieve peace in the streets of Portland. If we are not successful, I fear one day soon we will wake up to news that a Portlander has been killed. We cannot let this happen. It's the best we can do. I don't blame the feds for this. I believe the feds have tried 100%. They were, their courthouse was being attacked. They, they, you know, these extremists broke in. Trump deployed the pact, which is, you know, federal law enforcement. And I believe the federal government has been trying their best to stop all this, but still the best they can do because the state won't do anything. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. They're, it's under review. Maybe the feds will assert some kind of jurisdictional authority in some way like they did with that guy in New York accused of cutting brake lines. You, you probably heard me talk about that. The feds came in. They arrested the guy because the local courts released him. I don't know if the answer is Trump invoking the Insurrection Act to come and shut all this down. But I'll tell you what, right now, the way things stand, the far left is one. I mean, that's it, right? If they have 83 nights of, 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 of siege against the government, the actual government, with support from the mayor and the AG and the governor, well, then what else is it? It's exactly what they want. People are fleeing. And I got to say, man, like I said earlier, it really sounds like it's on purpose. Take a look at New York. What are they doing? Stuffing homeless people into luxury hotels to destroy the hotels, destroy the local area. Now they're saying they're, saying they're going to remove it. You know, they're going to move these people back uh, out of these hotels. They've put up checkpoints. There's no tourism. Businesses are shuttered. It's like they're doing it on purpose to destroy these cities. Maybe Bill de Blasio says he wants to buy up empty buildings and turn them into affordable housing. Sounds particularly socialistic. I just I, I, I look at all of this and I think there's a point at which regular Americans say enough. And I don't think I'm wrong. Take a look at this. This is a viral video. This person, wartime girl tweeted, holy ass, this man just said exactly what we're thinking. Watch. One of the things he said was that he's been in combat. He never wants to go back again. But he tells this local, you know, Shasta County panel that he will fight to save this country. And then he says if it has to be against our citizens. It will happen. And there's a million people like him and they and they won't be able to stop him. I'm not going to quote him directly because I don't want those attributed to me. This guy is straight up saying, you know, it, it, it's a shame. But if it has to happen, it does. That to me says, wow, a whole lot. The riots are stacked on top of the lockdown. How much can people bear? I don't know. I don't know. When you look at Portland, okay, Portland is the specific example because while the riots are happening in many other cities, we've seen Richmond lighting up quite a bit. New York was lighting up just a couple days ago. Chicago, for sure. Seattle, obviously. And many smaller towns that aren't getting news coverage. Portland really is the epicenter of the mass rioting. But there are many communities that have experienced low level rioting and ongoing protest. You stack that on top of the lockdown and the stress and the strain and people will snap. 
They will snap. And they're going to come out and they're not going to be taking it. Right now, the videos we see are of locals chasing out Antifa. But how long until we see locals going out of their neighborhoods and reclaiming a government building? I mean, seriously, you see this guy in Shasta and he's saying we're peaceful now. They're locking everything down, even though many are saying we've reached herd immunity. Hospitalizations are down. Cases have started declining again. It's like the government officials are too scared because they don't want to lose reelection. I think I think a big portion of it is you get these governors, these these mayors, these council members, and they're like, I'm not going to be the one to stick my neck out and say, you know, uh, uh, release the lockdown and then people get sick. So we should just keep everything locked down so that no one has to take responsibility for doing the right thing. Okay, well, eventually this guy, he's going to storm in here. He's going to just pull someone out of the chair, sit down, bang the gavel and say, we're open for business. I don't like the idea of violence, but I don't I'm 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 concerned. I think that if they don't make the, you know, if they don't do anything about this, well, it's going to happen. And you take a look at the at, at Portland, and they're that, them begging the rioters to please stop. The rioters aren't going to stop. They've seen your weakness, and they're right outside your door. They know exactly what what you are capable of doing and what you're willing to do, and they know that they have impunity to go around starting fires, smashing things up. And I think they learned this by like the 39th night. See, that's when the feds came in, right? 39 nights of rioting and then Trump sent in the feds. And what happened? The state protected the extremists. They know that they have institutional power protecting them. So when they go around and destroy government buildings, what do they get? Please, please stop. Oh, please. No, wait, don't. And then nothing. The state police straight up said, we arrest these people, they get released right away and they come right back out. Yeah, almost like it's on purpose. You know, I'm going to throw it to, uh, I'll say, and at least look at this. This is from NZ Herald. COVID-19, six new cases, more army staff to guard isolation hotels. Ashley Bloomfield and Jacinda uh, Ardern. This is a story about how psychotic New Zealand has become. And hopefully we don't fall into this trap. I'm, I'm grateful to our constitution. This is what they want. Joe Biden has called for a national mask mandate. That's insane. And I think this is the things he's calling a, a national mask mandate. I think that's waking a lot of people up, scaring them away from Democrats. But you look at what's going on in all of these cities and states across the country. Republican areas seem to be doing just fine. And that makes me feel like you, you, you look to New Zealand and this is some of the most unhinged hysterical, psycho, psychotic, delusional, paranoid nonsense. These people in New Zealand are feckless, ineffectual, terrified cowards who are sending in army staff because of six cases. That's insanity. And the people of New Zealand are proud of it. Not all of them, but it's funny when you see them bragging about how we've, we've eradicated COVID. You know, There's pictures of them saying lockdown's been released. Well, now it's worse than ever. Look, at a certain point, you've got to just say the cases are going down. Herd immunity is just about here. It would seem based on many stories. Take it. Take the advice of your doctors. You know, don't take advice from me. But at a certain point, you have to call out. This is nuts, right? For six cases, you're locking down with army. Yeah, I run the risk of getting banned off YouTube just for saying it, because we have created a paranoid, delusional media apparatus. And there are people online who are challenging it. There are people like, you know, me uh, challenging it. And many of those who do get get nuked. Their channels get banned immediately. 
I bring these together, stories like this, and I'll wrap it up with this thought. When you get the ongoing riots for 83 nights and they're attacking residential neighborhoods and you've got people standing up just south of Portland in, in, in I, be, I believe Shasta's Northern California. I could be wrong about that. Uh, I'll, I'll have to double check. But when you get people straight up saying enough is enough, what do you think happens when you combine that all of these Democrats have cheered for Black Lives Matter, that all these businesses have cheered for Black Lives Matter, but your business gone? All these big major national corporations, they're protected. They're essential. Your mom and pop shop. No, you're not. Shut them down. Small businesses have been crushed and those that have survived are massive corporations. And that's where we are. And eventually regular people are going to say nope. And they're going to join in those riots, the latest target like the far left has been doing. And they're going to laugh when the county buildings are targeted. I don't want the violence to happen. I think people should follow the instructions of their medical and health advisors and doctors. But I think the media is so broken. We don't actually know what's happening. And that is insane. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Last night, Laura Loomer won the Republican primary in Florida's 21st district in a major upset, a double-digit victory. She was outraising her opponents, and the collective screeching of the left is, well, it's upon us, and I'm sure many people are laughing about it. You see, Laura Loomer was canceled from, you know, she was banned by basically every social media platform and even other services. And it was a bit excessive. You see, I've long been warning that banning people doesn't work. You know, if someone here's what here's what happens. OK, Laura Loomer gets banned from all these platforms. They all all these leftists start gloating and laughing, saying, haha, we got her banned. And then they assume they've won, not because they've actually won, but because they put blinders on simply because Laura Loomer isn't on Twitter anymore doesn't mean that she's not actively working. And now she's winning. Well, she's won her primary. And you know what? I, I, I would I look forward to her winning this congressional seat in Florida for one very simple reason. And I'll throw it to David Reboy. He says, I was never a fan of Laura Loomer, but having someone in Congress who's been deplatformed completely is more important than whatever excesses she's guilty of. I'll put it this way, man. First and foremost, it's come up and it is it is a reckoning for those who think cancel culture works. It doesn't. Some people have been banned. They are gone, but that's on them. Some of these people who who have been banned and I think banning is wrong. Let them engage in conversation have simply chosen to stop working. Laura Loomer didn't. She went and ran for Congress and now she's won the primary. And you know what? Even though she's in a D plus nine district, Florida 21, it's very blue. I think it's possible she really does win because of the tremendous support she has. Listen, in a place like Florida 21, D plus nine, if you activate new voters and inspire uh, you know, maybe uh, disenfranchised or disaffected conservatives, they'll come out to vote in larger numbers. Now, of course, the left may be in panic, panic mode because they don't like Laura Loomer and they really don't want to be proven wrong. So they may come out in great numbers as well. I think we're going to see massive voter turnout in Loomer's district. But Donald Trump has congratulated her. Matt Gates endorsed her. And I say, congratulations, Laura. You know why? The left has been playing dirty games just the other day. I don't know. We don't know who did this. But one dude, Byron Donalds in Florida's 19, somebody sent out text messages claiming he dropped out of the race on election day. He didn't. Guess what? He won. Good for him. You play dirty games and you lose. I'm going to laugh at you. So you can you can criticize Laura Loomer. And I am not talking about her policies or positions or opinions. I am talking about the fact that you play dirty games. You lose. I laugh at you. 
Laura was canceled from all of these different platforms. Meanwhile, many other leftists get a free pass. Right now, she's on Parler, 630,000 followers, because while they were gloating, thinking they won, they pulled one of the stupidest moves ever. And all they did was disabled their, their access to information. How dumb do you have to be? And they keep doing it. Laura Loomer's victory here in the primary is good. And a victory in Florida's 21st with giving Laura a, a, a solid congressional seat, putting her in Congress. First of all, we'll give a, it'll give all of us a great advocate for free speech. Again, I'm not, I've never been a big fan of her uh, you know, policy-wise, but I think she's clever. She's pulled off many stunts that have worked, and she's definitely going to advocate for free speech. So you know what? You're not going to see any complaints from me. And you're going to see me laughing at the left who have done it completely wrong, completely wrong. Let me read this first, and then I want to show you some of the results and some of the reing from those who are just so angry that she won. Well, it's your own fault. You, 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 you ban people, you play these dirty games, and this is what happens. Trump congratulates Laura Loomer on winning GOP primary for district that covers Mar-a-Lago after she called Ilhan Omar anti-Jewish and slammed Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey for suspending her account. They say Loomer, 27 defeated five candidates to win the Republican primary Tuesday for the U.S. House of Representatives seat that includes Trump's Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach. Great going, Laura. You have a great chance against a Pelosi puppet, the president tweeted in a show of support for Loomer late Tuesday. The far right activist who has, been, who has the backing of Trump's friend and former advisor Roger Stone, Rep. Matt Gates and Alex Jones, will now take on Democratic Representative Lois Frankel in the November general election. You can see this photo of, of Loomer. Donald Trump has congratulated Loomer pictured on winning the GOP primary for the district that covers his Mar-a-Lago estate. They say Loomer took the lead in the Republican primary with 42.7% of the vote with nuclear engineer turned professor Christian Acosta coming in second with 25.5%. Other candidates in the race included a former burlesque dancer who now runs an exotic animal business and a former IRS investigator. Trump cast his vote by mail in Florida's 21st district primary election after changing his official residence from New York to Palm Beach back in October. Loomer won by double digits. You know why? I'll tell you why. There's a lot of things Laura Loomer has done for which she has been criticized, and I think rightly so. But she's also proven that she doesn't back down. And this is the biggest piece of evidence. What do what do many Republicans want? And I'm not saying I agree with them, but I'm telling you, you got to pay attention to this stuff. They want someone they know will fight for them and never give up. Now, I'll tell you this, man. Loomer has that in spades. She's banned from just a ridiculous number of platforms. You know what she did? She ran for Congress and she won her primary. That says a lot. I mean, just the, just the fact that she was running said a lot. So people got behind her. I, I wouldn't be surprised if she really does invigorate many people tired of the left's antics, censorship and cancel culture. Keep in mind, the Cato Institute poll came out a little while ago, showed 62% of people have a, feel like there's opinions they have they can't express. So you know what? People might not like Laura Loomer's opinions or the things she said in the past, but they're probably going to say, here's someone who's going to fight for my right to speak. And if she can speak, and if she's going to fight for this, then I can go back to saying normal things the left would cancel me over. I think you got a, you got a free speech advocate coming in, you know, guns a-blazing, figuratively. They say, other candidates in the race. Oh, I read that. I'm sorry. His and Melania's ballots were returned to Palm Beach officials Monday in time for their votes to be counted, according to the Washington Post. The president's decision to cast his own vote by mail comes after his. No, I'm not playing that game. Trump voted absentee, not vote by mail. Absentee is when he requests a mail in ballot because he's out of state. Clearly, he's in D.C. He's the president. 
Vote by mail is typically, you know, it's universal. Everybody just gets a ballot whether you ask for it or not. They say it's not clear if the president voted for Loomer, but his social media post confirmed he approved of her victory. I'd be willing to bet he did. The controversial 27-year-old has been slammed for making anti-Muslim comments on several occasions in recent years. In November 2018, she was accused of hate speech when she called Rep. Ilhan Omar anti-Jewish. Quote, isn't it ironic how the Twitter moment used to celebrate women, LGBTQ and minorities is a picture of Ilhan Omar? Loomer tweeted about the Democratic Minnesota Congresswoman. uh, Congresswoman. She said that Ilhan was pro-Sharia and pro-FGM and said that under Sharia, homosexuals were oppressed and killed. Women are abused and forced to wear hijab. And she said that Ilhan is anti-Jewish. For that, she got banned. I believe that was the actual tweet. And that to me was shocking. You know why? You don't have to agree with her. Again, not about agreeing with, with her positions. It is about the fact that she has a right to express them. And she was criticizing a federal politician. You get banned for that? That is creepy authoritarianism. I would much rather have a, a country where people can say things I don't agree with, you know, to the federal government, to politicians, than to live in a place where technocrats, big tech billionaires, multinational corporations can shut down your speech. When she was banned from Twitter over the incident, Loomer handcuffed herself to Twitter's New York offices. Yeah, and then she trended on Twitter. Isn't that funny? The same month she was removed from a congressional hearing on social media when she hit out at CEO Jack Dorsey for shadow banning conservatives and accused him of trying to sway the midterm elections towards the Democrats. This came after she was banned from using Uber and Lyft for tweeting that she said someone she, she wanted someone to create a non-Islamic form of Uber. She complained that she couldn't find a driver who wasn't Muslim. Again, I, I, I don't agree with a lot of the things she posts, but I, I agree with her right to express her opinions 100%. And I'm definitely, I'm, I'll tell you this, man, when she won, I laughed. I laughed. Congratulations, Laura. I laughed at all of these people who played dirty tricks, who would shut down someone's right to speech. They deserve to see, they deserve to sit down and read. I'm not going to go through this. Let me, let me show you. First and foremost, here's Laura Loomer on Parler. 630,000 followers. Did you think that simply banning her from Twitter was going to do anything to stop her? No, she's driven. She wants, she, she and that, I've said it, I made my point. And now you can see all you've done is you've put up your blinders. Here's Josh Jordan. He says, a week after the Republican Party chose a QAnon supporting 9-11 truther, they nominated Laura Loomer. I don't know specifically who he's referencing, but there is one candidate who said something like Q is worth listening to or something like that. A very bland kind of passive support. I'm not a big fan of the Q stuff. You know, whatever. I'm no fan of conspiracies. I like hard evidence. But the media likes playing these games and they like manipulating, false framing. And here's here's what he says. If you're wondering why some want to burn the party to the ground, this is it. The fringe that is shaping the GOP won't go away if Trump loses. They'll only be more emboldened. Yeah, well, guess what? The Republicans seem to be doing all right. We'll see how things play out in November. It's the Democrats that are breaking up into a million pieces. The Republican Party seems to be rolling along. Oh, we got more for you, though. Here's Aaron Rupar. Laura Loomer winning elections is why America can't have nice things or go outside or have society any longer. Yeah. And I'm sure many people would say that about Ilhan Omar. I'm sure many people would say that about AOC or Anna Presley. You get the point. You've got a fringe, far left, white supremacist sect growing in the Democratic Party, and you're complaining about Laura Loomer. Sure, I get it. Maybe you want to go back to what you would consider normalcy of establishment politicians that never did anything. Nah, I'm not interested. I don't think it's fair to say it's not so much about radicalization or extremism. It's about aggression. 
what we're seeing on social media. You're getting particularly more aggressive, more active, more bombastic characters. You know, gone are the days for the most part of this, you know, just like calm, well-mannered, boring individual saying, I'm going to run for office. And now you've got people standing up and saying no and yelling. I'll tell you what, you want to complain about Laura Loomer winning? Sure, I guess. But what do you think the rest of us, you know, disaffected liberals and many conservatives feel about the squad and the fact that more progressives have been unseating their their establishment Democratic moderates? Not like I'm a fan of the establishment Democrats. I think they just say whatever they have to say to try and win. And they're made of plastic. It's not real. So I think when you get people like AOC, at least things are interesting, right? But there are way more progressives in, uh, in on the Democratic Party, more far leftist extremists who would support violence than there are right wing, you know, extremists. Well, actually, there are no real right wing extremists. And to be fair, AOC and the, and the squad has absolutely warmed up to the establishment. But their politics are certainly you know, on the fringe left, 100%. Granted, their part that that's growing in the Democratic Party. And I guess the only reason they're sitting back and not complaining about the likes of AOC is because to them, it's normal. They are the extremists. They are the far left. The people who would defend 83 nights of riots. They're not regular Americans. And I think the reason people are voting for Laura Loomer is because for one, she's standing up for free speech. Guess what? As David said, she's been banned from all these platforms. I think about it this way. We got a lot of problems in this country. I'll, I'll you know, I'm not, I don't live in Florida, so it's not like I'm going to be voting there. But I'll take a staunch defender of free speech. You know why? If Laura really does have opinions you don't like and says things you don't like, she's fighting for your right to challenge her on those opinions. I respect that 100%. So if that means we get a free speech advocate in Congress, excellent. I will agree with Laura's free speech. She, she agrees with mine. And then we will debate the ideas. It's that simple. Well, here's, here's, here's one of my favorites to which I responded. Kevin Roos of, I believe, the New York Times still says Laura Loomer has been banned and forcibly removed from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Uber, Lyft, PayPal, Venmo, GoFundMe, Teespring, Medium, CPAC, Shakespeare in the Park, and won a GOP primary by double digits. And I, you know, what are you you saying about all of these uh, uh, posts? I'm not I'm not telling you that you should, you know, go out and, and I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to come out and tell you who to vote for. I'm not going to say vote for Laura. I'm just going to say when she won, I left. That's that, that's really it. At these people who think that the use of a technocratic authoritarianism will win them the game. You know what I mean? No. Nah, you think banning works? Here's what I here's my take on it. Oh, no. Banning people didn't work. Loomer won by double digits because all banning did was ensure you had no idea what she was actually doing. And now you're shocked that it happened. She has 630,000 followers on Parler because she's working. I want to show you this. Well, you know what? Let's jump over here first. I'll show you Laura Loomer on on, on Balladopedia. We have the candidates and election results. And this is actually fascinating. I did a segment the other day talking about these two races and the two people that I talked about ended up winning. I didn't know if Laura was going to win, but but I think I think they show this here. Check this out. Laura Loomer raised, you know, just a one point one six million dollars. And Reba Sherrill raised three hundred fifty thousand. She raised substantially, just a, an absurd amount of money. But check this out. This is important. Florida's 21st congressional district is solid Democratic and has been for the past several months. So you've got the Cook Political Report, Inside Elections with Nathan L. Gonzalez and Larry J. Sabato's Crystal Ball. He says safe Democratic. The other two say solid Democratic. So while people are cheering for her primary victory, 
I think it says a lot about the state of the Republican Party. No longer do people want to tolerate do nothing establishment politicians. The same is true for Democrats. I can respect that. Why is it these progressives are starting to win? They didn't do as well in 2018. They did a little bit better this time because I think people are getting sick and tired of these phony plastic politicians. Laura's anything but. So you see these establishment boring types and you're, what are you really going to do for me? People don't approve of Congress. They find it to be boring and, and ineffectual. Then you see someone like Lumer comes in and fights tooth and nail nonstop. She gets banned from Twitter. She locked herself to the door of the Twitter HQ, started trending on Twitter. She, I, I think it was Nancy Pelosi's house. She like hopped the fence with uh, some, some migrants or something. Like she, she's done a bunch of things just to show that, I mean, for one, it's not to show anything, but to just do her thing, right? To, to make her points. But it does show that she's active, that she's fighting. And I think the Republicans finally wanted someone who's going to go in, grit their teeth and say, enough, we're making changes here. Whether you agree with her politics or not, again, the same is true for Trump, Matt Gates, or any of these Republicans. When you don't pay attention to things like I'm saying now, you lose. The Democrats should realize this. Even though the district is solidly Democratic, I think Loomer has a really good chance of winning. Even though we're looking at these you know, election maps and betting odds saying Joe Biden's going to win easily, hands down, Trump's chances of winning is 17%. Maybe. I just don't buy it. I feel like it's a fool me once, shame on you, you know, fool me twice kind of thing where the polls were wrong in 2016. The, 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 the Politico uh, Beltway journalist bubble is only worse. And now we can see Loomer just crushed the primary. Will she be able to beat a Democrat in a strong Democratic district? That's a good question. And that's going to be that's going to be a tough fight. It is. But I do want to give a shout out really quickly to uh, the 19th district where By- uh, Byron Donalds won. This one is really, really interesting. Check this out. Of the Republican primary candidates, Byron Donalds took the victory. I don't know if they have the campaign finance listed here like they do. They don't for uh, Loomer's district. I think because Laura Loomer raised so much money, is why it was shocking to so many people. So maybe it was predictable that she was going to win. But Byron Donalds was also the victim of dirty tricks. You may have seen the story yesterday. So congratulations. This is a, he is a conservative black American pro-Trump. None of that, in my opinion, should matter. What should matter for the most part is that he is an American citizen running for office. He's standing for what he believes in. And someone tried illegally shutting down his campaign with dirty tricks, sending out a text message to everybody saying he was dropping out with a poorly edited video from his 2012 concession. Well, now he won the primary. So I don't know if they have the uh, uh, results of. So, so this is a red district. It's R plus 13. And that means Byron Donalds is very likely going to win. And he is he is repl- uh, so Francis Rooney, who was the incumbent, has has withdrawn, disqualified or didn't make the ballot. Really interesting. It looks like a pro Trump black conservative will be entering Congress. And I'm, and I'm glad to see people standing up, getting active, you know, fighting for what they believe in. This guy more than ever, in my opinion, deserves it because the same thing that I said for Loomer. You want to play these games, do, do these dirty tricks. Here's what I want. Here's what I want. You know what? I made this point on the IRL podcast recently. I like commercials, you know, where it's just straightforward. You're selling me a razor. Okay. Gillette does this dumb commercial where they're like toxic masculinity, buy our razors. It's the stupidest thing ever. Do a commercial where you're like, hi, I make razors. They cost this much. They have three blades. They're smooth with, you know, a, a, a lotion on them. Shave your face. It'll be great. Trust me. They're awesome. Here's the deal. 
I like those commercials. And it's funny because the other day I was I was skating and listening to Pandora. And I think it was a Harry's ad. And it was literally that he was like, hi, we sell razors. They, they cost this much. You can buy them here. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. I'm like, that's all I wanted. That's what I want. I want something straightforward. I want regular people who will stand up and say, here's what I believe. And we are entering this new era, which is really fascinating, of authentic politicians. Authentic. Whether you like her or not, Ocasio-Cortez, she's, well, actually, no, I, I was going to say she was, I take that back. <laughs> she's not. She's become a self-obsessed celebrity narcissist, in my opinion. Initially, though, we could see that many of these people who are starting to stand up were just real. But I don't think that's actually true for a lot of the Democrats, now that I think about it. We do have Republicans who are, however, and I think Trump is that authentic character. I, I, I got to say, man, when, when I see what Laura Loomer says and does, while, again, I don't agree with her on some of the things she said, I think some of the things she's done is offen- uh, has, has been offensive. But I do think she really means what she's saying, and I absolutely respect that. It's exactly what I said about Bernie Sanders. Back in 2016, I said he really does believe it. He means what he's saying. It's about time. It's refreshing. We got a politician who was, well, being honest, I guess. And that's why a lot of people like Donald Trump. He just says it. He's not lying to you. He's not pretending. He stands up there and he says, you know, he makes fun of whoever he needs to make fun of. I'm not a fan of, you know, the, the, the negative approach, you know, mocking people and, and, and being, you know, fairly disrespectful. And Trump on that is very, has, has improved greatly. But I think when Trump says he wants to do, do something, it's because he really does want to do it. I look at all these Democrats and they feel fake and plastic. And I was going to say AOC was, was authentic when she does her Instagram stuff. And then I realized, no, she just joined the plastic establishment. That's what they do. So Laura Loomer, and I, I haven't seen too much of Byron Donald's you know, campaign stuff, but I'm, I'm glad to see a new fresh faces, people coming in. And I will absolutely say Loomer deserved to win. It's a primary for sure, but she deserved to win because like I said, you cheat and you lose. Well, that's, that's, that's karma. That's justice. Okay. But also she's, she's saying what she means. And I think the American people want that. So I, I won't repeat myself. I'll just leave it there. We'll see how it plays out in November because it is an R plus nine district. It's going to be a tough battle. I'm willing to bet with the president's support now behind her, she's going to raise ridiculous sums of money and may actually activate all of those people who are tired of the phony fake politicians. And they will take some someone like Laura Loomer, offensive as she may be, because she's authentic, right? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. It is a different channel from this one. Check it out. And I will see you all then. Donald Trump has tweeted out that people should not be buying Goodyear tires because in a leaked photo, they say Black Lives Matter is appropriate and MAGA and things like it are inappropriate. Blue Lives Matter, for instance. Now, the whole thing has led to this really silly controversy because if Trump tweets it, it's breaking news. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen, another story built around Donald Trump tweeting. Okay, okay. to be fair, it has to do with the original story, which is from a local affiliate. This is WIBW, or apparently an employee of Goodyear leaked this image. It says zero tolerance, acceptable, Black Lives Matter, LGBT pride, unacceptable, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, MAGA attire, political affiliated slogans or material. This seems to be, in my opinion, it seems real. Now, there's been an update. Goodyear is claiming it's not real. We'll get to this. But the reason why it seems real is that it is the perception of those who entertain the Black Lives Matter ideology that it's not really political at all. It transcends this. That's what de Blasio said. So their official stance seems to be, well, political slogans like MAGA are not allowed. 
But Black Lives Matter clearly isn't political. Of course it is. It, it, it literally is. The polit- it, you, they use the Democrats Act Blue fundraising system to raise money. It's quite literally a political slogan. But anyway, let, let, let's read and see exactly what's going on. And then we'll break down what's happening here. And I, w- I want to first say that the, the title from CNN, Trump cancels Goodyear tires. He didn't. Trump did not cancel anything. Listen, they're trying to smear Trump. Trump cancels Goodyear tires as he campaigns against cancel culture. Let me tell you what cancel culture like cancer cancel culture is. You say something offensive, they destroy your life. They get you banned. What cancel culture isn't? Asking someone to do better. The left would try and claim that cancel culture is just trying to convince people to do better, but if that were true, apologies would work. They don't. And if that were true, 10-year-old tweets would not be fair game. A story got published. Trump said, "Not cool." Goodyear said, hey, wait, this, that wasn't from us. But the point is a boycott like we're seeing now isn't an attempt to destroy the company permanently. It's an attempt to change their behavior by saying we won't be your customers if you engage in this behavior. Quite literally, a path to redemption. That's not what cancel culture is. Cancel culture has no path to redemption other than just, you know, subservience, I guess. Well, CNN says President Donald Trump is calling on his followers to not buy Goodyear tires despite previously railing against cancel culture. And after an employee posted a viral photo to a company policy of a company policy banning MAGA, uh, Make America Great Again, and other political attire, don't buy Goodyear tires. They announced a ban on MAGA hats. Get better tires for far less. This is what the radical left Democrats do. Two can play the same game, and we have to start playing it now, he tweeted Wednesday morning. Well, that's actually a really good point. In another viral tweet that came from uh, about Matt Walsh. In one, he says boycotts are dumb. and the other, he says time to boycott. But this tweet actually cut up the point uh, where apparently Matt Walsh, I believe it's of the Daily Wire, said, you know what? I, you know, I was wrong and perhaps boycotts are a good idea. I'm not a big fan of most boycotts. I think they're relatively silly. But I got to say, uh, I'm, I'm done buying from companies that get political. I'm not going to buy Gillette. Gillette, I don't know why you're talking about toxic masculinity. You do not want to hear from my commercials. This is a razor. It cuts hair off your face. It won't cut you. It's cheap. And, you know, we deliver it to you. Buy from us at our website. I, I personally, I guess I'm a dude. I like commercials where it's like, this is product. Product is, is good. Buy product. Thank you for letting me know about product. Now I will consider buying it. What I don't care for are these weird political corporations. It's like, dude, you make tires. Why are you telling your employees that they can wear these things? You, you make tires. I don't care. Well, it wasn't a public announcement. Like Trump said, that's actually not correct. It was a leaked photo. CNN goes on to say the tweet came in response to an employee who posted the photo obtained by CNN affiliate WIBW from Topeka, Kansas, the good uh, uh, from the Topeka, Kansas Goodyear plant that showed a slide during a training that Black Lives Matter and LGBT pride apparent, uh, I'm sorry, apparel were acceptable. And I went over this already. Goodyear issued a statement following the president's tweet stating, the visual in question was not created or distributed by Goodyear Corporate, but that it asks its associates to refrain from workplace expressions in support of political campaigning for any candidate or political party, as well as similar forms of advocacy that fall outside the scope of racial justice and equity issues. It's not an apology. The company also stated that it has always wholeheartedly supported both equality and law enforcement and will continue to do so. White House Press, Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany claimed later Wednesday that Goodyear's statement failed to clarify their policy. What happened is there was an image that was put out that showed that certain speech was acceptable. Black Lives Matter insignia, for instance. 
But what was not allowed was blue lives matter, she said. What was not allowed was MAGA hats. What was clearly targeted was a certain ideology. They have not denied that that image was present presented at one of their facilities. It probably was. The important thing here is that blue lives matter is not political either. If you're going to argue black lives matter isn't. Now, I think they're both political, but this just shows an absolute bias at the company. Well, now a lot of conservatives are saying just because they issued the statement doesn't mean they're apologizing. We're going to change their behavior. So don't let up. So therefore, even though they said they support law enforcement, conservatives are saying boycott. McKennedy then claimed that blue lives matter is as much of an equity issue as black lives matter. Trump's tweets may also signal an appeal to voters in, key ba- in, a, in a key battleground state. The tire company is based in Akron, Ohio. Coincidentally, the president's custom limousine, known as the Beast, has custom Goodyear tires. Goodyear said in a 2009 statement that it is the exclusive tire for the presidential limo and the standard tire of the U.S. Secret Service. I think this part is really funny. Everybody keeps showing this image of the presidential limousine. Yes, Trump just tweeted he's upset with Goodyear. So don't be surprised if he just said, take the Goodyear tires off. Showing a photo from a long tire, uh, showing a photo of a tire from a long time ago does not get the president in any way. He's probably sitting there going, oh, look at that. We use Goodyear, cut him off. So bad news for Goodyear. Well, the bad news goes beyond just that bad news because their stock fell. Goodyear's stock fall after Trump tweet urging boycott of company's tires while rivals share shares gain. Yeah, <laughs> we live we live in, a, in an economy where Donald Trump can tweet something and you can lose a lot of money. I mean, Elon Musk can do the same thing. Market Watch says shares of good uh, Goodyear tire and rubber dropped 3.1 percent in afternoon trading Wednesday after President Donald Trump urged people not to buy the tire makers tires after reports the company was prohibiting certain we, we, we get that we get all that stuff. I guess that's the gist of the story. They announced a ban on MAGA hats, get, get better tires for less, Trump tweeted. Meanwhile, shares of rival tire maker Cooper Tire and Rubber rose 1.2%, and the U.S. listed stock of Japan-based Bridgestone Corp climbed 1.5. Goodyear's stock has tumbled 39.4% year to date, while Cooper Tire shares have rallied 21.2, and the S&P 500 SPX has gained 5.2. Well, well good for them. You know, we, we, I, I believe I do have the statement here. So Goodyear actually blocked anyone from uh, from people. Good, yeah, only they allow to reply can reply. So no one can actually reply to this. They say yesterday Goodyear became the focus of a conversation that created some misconceptions about our policies and our company. Goodyear has always wholeheartedly supported both equality and law enforcement, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you what. I don't want Goodyear to allow people to wear MAGA hats. I'll just say it. I don't. But I don't want them to wear anything else either. Wear a uniform. You, 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 you sell tires. I don't care about the politics. Look, ultimately, if somebody wants to wear a hat because they're working, fine, I guess, whatever. It shouldn't be up to the company to be playing politics for or against whatever. It's just stupid that we're at this point. But like I've often said, why should we care about the political stance of a rubber company? We shouldn't. And we shouldn't have to listen to it. Now, as to whether boycotts make sense, I'll I'll tell you, man, it's entirely up to you. But to be completely fair, it seems to work for the left. It really does. All these companies are terrified of the left because of boycotts and they bend the knee in two seconds, but they don't care about conservative opinion. And because of this lopsided activist attack, you often very well will get companies ignoring conservatives and pandering straight up to the far left. So with that being said, I think Trump is right. You know, two can play play this game. 
I think companies need to realize it's a no win scenario. If you come out and say Black Lives Matter is okay, well, then you're going to lose customers. You come out and say MAGA is okay, you'll probably lose customers. How about you just say this, guys, just wear your uniforms. And if one individual displays, you know, a, a symbol or whatever, you just say it's, uh, it is policy that you just wear a uniform. If, if an individual employee did, there's not much we can do about it, right? I'll tell you what, though. I don't think there's a way to win the game. Because if you get one employee wearing like a Goodyear uniform, and then he walks around wearing a MAGA hat or something, they're going to attack the company. The company is going to be like, what do you want us to do? It's a guy wearing a hat. I'm sick and tired of politics being everything. But this has been a goal of the far left for quite some time. They want to argue that games, that movies, that everything is politics. And technically, it's true. It's, it's culture. And, you know, politics comes after. They're trying to inject certain ideas into various businesses, cultures, or whatever, so that they can force politics at the end of the line. There's something I brought up in this leaked school curriculum, and this is an easy way to understand it. I mentioned how in this new, uh, this new far left woke curriculum for kids, the math problem in- injects wokeism. So it said something like, you know, far, a normal math problem would say, you know, John has 100 apples, but he can only store 73. How many, what, what percent of the apples will spoil? Now you have these math problems that say, that, you know, the police stopped, you know, 2,300 white people, but 7,200 black people. What percentage of people stopped were black? That way, they're injecting politics into something that's totally unrelated to seed the idea you know, it's like it's like coming into the side. That's what that's what this is with these big companies. That's why Gillette did the get what go broke commercial. That's why so many companies, for some reason, are advertising ideology in that product. It is a Trojan horse for their ideology. So you know what? I don't care for Goodyear. I don't. If they want to allow this stuff, then I'm not interested. I don't care what it is. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. I, I am no fan. And I, I know I speculate relatively often and I will sometimes say things like, this what is what seems probable to me, but usually it's based off a bunch of evidence. I don't like whatever the conspiracy theory is, present evidence. We can speculate on the evidence. However, what we're seeing right now is one of the most absurd and insane things I have ever seen. Oregon Democratic lawmaker chains himself to a mailbox in order to defend it from Trump. They're not getting this one. He didn't really chain himself to it. You can see he just threw the chain over himself. This is paranoid and unhinged delusions. Nobody is stealing mailboxes. There's no conspiracy to destroy the post office. These people have lost their minds. And you know what? Nothing's being done about it. Now, I don't necessarily think anything should be done about it, but I'm just bringing this up because it's a double standard. Social media will ban any conservative you, you step on a twig and they oh, they jump out at you. Oh, you broke a twig. Boom, you're suspended, gone, banned from the Internet. These people can literally come out and film videos of themselves chaining themselves to mailboxes like lunatics and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and, and, and the media. They say nothing. They don't care. They say, oh, but it's because Trump is bad because the orange man is stealing mailboxes. He's not. They're just nuts. From the blaze, they say a Democratic U.S. congressman from Oregon has posted a video online of himself chained to a mailbox in an apparent display of defiance against the Trump administration's proposed changes to the U.S. Postal Office. What are the details? Rep. Peter DeFazio has been in a social media tirade in recent days claiming that President Donald Trump is intentionally trying to destroy the U.S. Post Office to steal the election and insisting to his followers that we can't let it stand. These postal justice warriors 
Okay, I'll tell you what. If you think Trump's doing it, I want. How about how about all of you just go and chain yourself to mailboxes? Huh? I'm kidding. Please don't do that. On Tuesday, the the Oregon Democrat posted a video to his Twitter feed uh, showing a sparkling new chain loosely draped over his shoulder and wrapped around a public mailbox, which he declares they're not getting this one. The message accompanying the post read, they're trying to tear apart our postal service piece by piece. But Peter DeFazio is defending our right to vote. Do these people self-reflect ever? Did, do they not look at photos of themselves? They, 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 they're insane. I kid you not. This is unhinged paranoia. The fact that DeFazio is clearly not chained to the mailbox indicates his video is part of a political stunt, but it also serves as evidence of the hysteria going on by some Democrats about proposed changes to the post, Postal Service. The USPS has acknowledged it is experiencing a staggering loss of mail volume since COVID-19 hit. In the meantime, President Trump has condemned the widespread utilization of mail-in voting for the November general election, while his administration has proposed cost-saving measures for the Postal Service. Some prominent Democrats have painted the changes as an attempt by the president to suppress voting, with former Democratic Vice President Al Gore even saying, by tampering with the Postal Service, Trump is in effect putting his knee on the neck of of American democracy and trying to make it impossible for people to vote by mail. The comment was interpreted by many to be a reference to the death of George Floyd. Yes, we get it. That's obvious. Before Gore's remarks, Jamie Lee Curtis suggested there was a conspiracy to steal the election when she saw a mail truck on, a, on the bed of a red tow truck and the driver purportedly had on a red cap with white letters. But Trump appointed Postmaster General, uh, Postmaster General Louis DeJoy attempted to put minds at ease hours before DeFazio's display was posted on Tuesday, announcing in a statement that the planned operational changes will be put on hold, saying, I came to the Postal Service to make changes to secure the success of this organization and its long-term sustainability. I believe significant reforms are essential to that objective, and work toward those, reform, work toward those reforms will, re- will commence after the election. In the meantime, there are some long-standing operational initiatives, efforts that predate my arrival at the post office, that have been raised as areas of concern as the nation prepares to hold an election in the midst of a devastating pandemic. To avoid even the appearance of any impact on the election on election mail, I am suspending these initiatives until after the election is concluded. The Democrats and the left have just hurt themselves. Okay, the reason why they're removing and relocating mailboxes, because many of them are underserved, making it very difficult for postal carriers to go to all of these mailboxes to pick up the mail when there is relatively none. A massive waste of time, energy and money. And the post office needs money. So removing the mailboxes would save them money. Okay, fine. Now what's going to happen is that there's going to be underutilized mailboxes with nothing in them, and it's going to cost way more, and it's going to take way more time. Perhaps that was the 4D chess move. Okay, okay, we'll leave the dummy mailboxes. And what's going to happen then is people are going to vote in these areas. Their, their, their ballots will not make it in time, and their votes won't be counted. They say DeJoy is scheduled to testify both the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee on Friday and the Democrat-led House Oversight Committee on Monday. You want to know why this whole, whole thing is just so dumb? Donald Trump doesn't need to go after mailboxes or the Postal Service. He's quite literally suing over mail-in voting. He's te- OK, fine. The Democrats will probably argue, well, Trump just doing a two-fold approach where he has a conspiracy to destroy the mailbox, you know, the, the post office, and also sue. No, man, it's... <laughs> Donald Trump is suing, okay? He's suing over mail-in voting. He's suing New Jersey. I guess he's suing Nevada or whatever, whatever. 
The point is, Donald Trump is taking a conventional approach. There's no grand conspiracy. Just stop. But I guess it's funny, right? To look at the unhinged left and just laugh about it. I'd laugh if it wasn't so creepy. Here's what Trump is actually doing. There's no conspiracy. He's not stealing your mailboxes. The photos, many of them are old and many are fake. But of course, they eat this up. No, what Trump is really doing is he's just filing legal action. It's boring. It's boring and normal. The Trump campaign on Tuesday from the Hill filed a lawsuit against New Jersey after Governor Phil Murphy issued an executive order requiring every voter in the state receive a mail-in ballot, in addition to being allowed to vote in person if desired as a safety precaution during the coronavirus pandemic. The lawsuit obtained by Reuters was filed in the U.S. District Court for New Jersey to invalidate Executive Order 177. The campaign claims that Murphy appropriated power that belongs to the New Jersey state legislature when he overhauled the state's election law, alleging he violated both the elections clause and the electors clause of the U.S. Constitution. It also accuses Murphy of violating the 14th Amendment. Justin Clark, Trump's deputy campaign manager, wrote in an op-ed for The Wall Street Journal that New Jersey residents who want to vote in person face a real threat that their ballots won't be counted. I live in New Jersey. I want to vote in person. I do not want a mail-in ballot because I am concerned about the security of the ballot, and I don't want to give my ballot to a postal worker who's part of a union that endorsed Joe Biden. Yet the governor of my state is now forcing this upon us? No, I'll say this. Thank you, Donald Trump, for suing to stop this. Where I vote is extremely close to where I live. I could walk there in only a few minutes, and I would much prefer to bring my ballot in, go there in person, fill it out in person, and have some security on on the election here in New Jersey. Of course, the governor here is a lunatic. I'm leaving this state. Phil Murphy's nuts. Clark links to a 2016 investigation by the New Jersey outlet, Ashbury Park, press that found 2,460 voters on the rolls who had been dead for at least five years, only 60 of whom had apparently cast votes after they died. The same investigation, however, found that those votes were likely counted due to clerical errors rather than fraud, and no election outcomes were changed because of it. It doesn't matter if they're changed. Don't let it happen. There are some elections, local elections, in just just over the river, a few minutes away, where people have had some of these elections were swung by like only a few dozen votes. So don't tolerate even clerical errors. They say all this shows all this shows how the state voting rolls have have many more names than than live voters. But voting records show there is no apparent intentional fraud. I don't care if there's intentional fraud. I care if you make a mistake and give the election to someone else. That's actually the clever way to do it. Pretend your flawed your your, your fraud was uh, uh, was a flaw. Just say it was an accident. Is a clerical error, you know, give yourself plausible deniability and say, oopsie, that way, when you cheat the election, you get caught. Nobody goes to jail on your side, right? Murphy announced last week the Garden State will vote primarily by mail-in ballots in November, largely due to the pandemic. All 6.3 million of the state's registered voters will receive a mail-in ballot to vote with on November 3rd. A number of polling stations will still be open for residents who want to cast their ballots in person. The governor said on Sunday, that his administration would extend the deadline for mail-in votes to be counted, provided they are postmarked by Election Day. The Hill has reached out to Murphy's office for comment. The Trump campaign has filed a similar lawsuit against Nevada. However, unlike Murphy's executive order, lawmakers in Nevada passed a bill along party lines aimed at expanding mail-in voting before the November general election. I I, I am sickened and, and, and livid about this. Do not change the rules months out from an election. 
New Jersey is a is a horrible, awful state run by a lunatic. So I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. You know what? Maybe I should stay and vote, I guess. But for a lot of reasons, I'm leaving the area. So I'm not going to stick around and stay in New Jersey. Phil Murphy is 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 it is a terrible governor. But you know what? If the people want to vote for him and he's who gets elected to office, then so be it. I firmly believe if I don't like it and the people of New Jersey do, well, then I am free to go. And with with all due respect to the governor and to the politicians of the state, if that's what the people want, so be it. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go somewhere else. And that's what, it's, that, that, that's, what we, that's, that's what we do in this country, right? Maybe the people of this, of this uh, uh, state will change their minds and vote for somebody else. Maybe then I'll, I'll come back. We'll see. But probably not. And that's the way it is. But let me just wrap up by saying this is what Trump is really doing. It's boring. It's a lawsuit, not a conspiracy. But they're not going to stop. They're going to chain themselves to mailboxes, whatever. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. Kim Klasik is a Republican running for Congress in Baltimore, and she just had quite possibly the biggest political ad ever. I mean, in the era of social media or however you want to describe it. But I mean, this has got 140,400 retweets already. She tweets, Democrats don't want you to see this. They're scared that I'm exposing what life is like in Democrat run cities. That's why I'm running for Congress, because all black lives matter. Baltimore, Baltimore matters and black people don't have to vote Democrat. Help us win. This ad is extremely important. Although she is running in Baltimore, this ad actually speaks to the rest of the country. In fact, in the advertisement, which now has about 8 million views as of the recording of this video, she says Democrat run cities are some of the worst places in the country for black people to live. And that's a that's a shockingly bold statement. But you know what? I like Kim Klasik. Don, Donald Trump backs GOP candidate for Elijah Cummings vacant Baltimore seat after she gives video tour showing dilapidated cities, abandoned homes, poverty and crime after 53 years of Democrat control. You know, I looked at her policies and it seems that Kim is is mostly just about economic development in the area. She's pro 2A. She uh, she appears to be pro-life, but she's offered up. Uh, I'm not going to I don't want to get too much into her positions because I'd rather let her speak for that for the most part. But she seems fairly reasonable, um, moderate conservative, I suppose. I guess that, you know, we'd have to have a bigger, longer conversation about her political positions, but she seems reasonable. I'll just say this. I, I, I love it. I absolutely do. While I am, you know, I'm pro-choice, I lean left on many issues, I absolutely believe she's correct. It's time for change. And I've said this because of the riots. You know what? At this point, I'm deferring to Republicans um, just for now, for this election, because the policies pushed forward by Democrats have resulted in poverty and chaos. And I think at a certain point, you have to recognize whatever's happening isn't working and you need some kind of change. The reason I bring up the issues and the party and stuff, though, is that I don't think party matters at all. I don't care that Kim is a Republican. I don't care about the Democrats. What I care about is she seems like a passionate individual. She wants to do right by the community. She's made an explosive ad. She's called out the people who have been in charge for a long time. There's a time for change. And I think we are seeing a lot of people step up, come to the plate and say, if no one will do it, I will do it. And I, and I respect that tremendously right now. With all these riots, with all the poverty, it seems like under Democrats, everything is just getting worse. So at this point, I say, you know what? Maybe this is a time to really reflect upon the values I've held for a long time. A lot, most of my opinions aren't really changing because these are long. Uh, uh, I, I've, I've formed my opinions politically 
the ones that I'm actually strong on, after reading a lot and exploring a lot and thinking about these things, I don't just pick up a political opinion because of you know party members. So for me, I'm looking now to Republicans who are saying, end the riots, you know, support families, hard work, success, all of these things I agree with. And while there are some issues I, I disagree with, those are gone. Those are gone. The wedge issues of old no are no longer relevant. What matters now is people who are willing to stand up and say, the old rule didn't work. We need people to work hard and we need to develop these areas. And you know what? Respect to Kim Klasik uh, for running. Here's the, uh, the story. Donald Trump supporting Kim Klasik. They say, Kimberly Klasik 38 posted the campaign video Monday in which she claimed to walk the real Baltimore to show the reality for black people in this historic town. The video, when they wrote this, had 5.6 million. It's at 8 million now. Uh, took a hit at the city's Democratic leaders and who she said had let Baltimore descend into abandoned homes and poverty and crime. Klasik, descri- uh, Klasik sorry, described as a rising GOP star as running again for the 7th district seat left vacant by Rep. Elijah Cummings after she lost the special election in April in a deeply Democratic seat. Trump attacked Cummings before his death and called Baltimore a rat, called it rat and rodent infested. You know, I don't think Kim disagrees. And I think that's why she's running as a Republican. And I think that's why Donald Trump supports her. Saying that Baltimore is rat and rodent infested isn't an attack on the people who live there. No, I say the opposite. It's it's a statement of support for them, a failure of the leadership to do anything about this. I don't understand why it's so bad, but I will tell you, a lot of people seem to think that these congressional representatives at the federal level are working locally. They do, of course, represent those people locally, but to the federal government. What I think Kim can do is help get federal assistance for these areas. And I think she likely, as someone, you know, some, a, new, a new perspective, would probably do things very different to what was done in the past. I think that can actually help revitalize the area. I'm not going to pretend, look, I'll put it this way. I don't know if what she says is right. I don't know if her policies are right. I can see the Democrats have failed. And that's it. At a certain point, I defer to someone else, you know, because I've long uh, supported social, socially liberal and left leaning policies, not far left, not socialist policies, socially liberal. Okay, like where Democrats used to be a long time ago. At this point, I'll just say, you know what, I'm gonna let you do your thing because what the Democrats have done hasn't worked. Donald Trump tweeted, Kimberly will work with the Trump administration and we will bring Baltimore back and fast. Don't blow it, Baltimore. The Democrats have destroyed your city. I believe Trump. I do. When Jim Cramer said the best numbers of our lives, I said, wow. I mean, that's Donald Trump. Under Donald Trump, we had the best economic numbers of our lives until COVID. I'm not stupid enough to blame the president for a disease. People, you know, and, and, and people are like, well, where's the national plan? It's a, it's a, it's a pandemic, dude. It's not his fault. He's doing what he can. Of course, he's trying to make Donald Trump desperately wants the economy to do better. It makes him look good. So so he's trying and he did do 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 right by this country. So what do you think happens if Kim gets in and works with Trump? I think Baltimore's economy would skyrocket. I really, really do. Unemployment in the black community was at record lows under Donald Trump. COVID hit and everything changed. Klasik was effusive in her reply to Trump. The time is now. Thank you, Mr. President. It's one thing to go viral for 15 minutes. It's another to better the lives of thousands of people that have been neglected for decades. She blamed Democratic control for the city's condition. Baltimore has had a Democrat, a Democratic continuous, continuously mayor for 53 years, while the state of Maryland has had uh, moth, 
most mostly it has, it has moth both Democratic. OK, both Democratic and Republican governors. Klasik has appeared on Fox News earlier on Tuesday amid calls for her to appear at the Republican National Convention next week. In the now viral video shared this week, Klasik appears in a red dress and heels, inviting viewers on a walk, a walking tour of real Baltimore. I don't, I don't know much about the, uh, the DNC, but she should speak. Hopefully the DNC, uh, hopefully, did I say DNC? Hopefully the RNC won't be as, as bad as the DNC, because woo boy is the DNC bad. I'm hoping the Republicans can do better, but they don't get free passes from me. I'm not confident. Though I agree, I think this ad took off. I mean, wow, 8 million views. And I think it speaks to a lot of people in these areas. Mind you, Twitter is a partisan bubble factory. So what you may be seeing is that Republicans from all over this country who already agree are watching this video. How many Democrats are watching it? That would be that would be, uh, you know, pretty important. But let's let's jump over to uh, whether or not Donald Trump is going to win, because here's the big question. Baltimore is blue. Can a Republican really win? That's a big question. The same is true for Laura Loomer and Byron Donalds and, and many other Republicans who won their primaries and are running against. So, so Byron Donalds is running against a Democrat, but I, I mentioned he, he's probably going to win. Laura Loomer is running against a Democrat. Uh, Kimberly Klasik is running in a Democratic uh, area, I believe. I'm pretty sure it's Baltimore, right? It's blue. Can they win? I think so. I, I, I do. But take a look at this. This is a funny story from Town Hall. Savannah Guthrie throws cold water on Chuck Todd's road to 270 map for Biden. I'm just going to say it. I think they can win. I think Trump can win as well. Trump won in 2016. The Republicans took everything, lost, lost the House in 2018. This is what's interesting. Chuck Todd said, Joe Biden's going to win. Right now, we would have Biden already with a win. He's got a 10 point lead nationally. And right now we have some of these big battleground states. Chuck Todd is someone who's so in, in, inept and, and, and just terrible at his job. He didn't know that a court in Ukraine ruled that Ukrainians had meddled in the U.S. election and laughed at Ted Cruz because he's an idiot. There's nothing more cringeworthy than someone thinking they're smart and not having the facts and laughing about how smart they are in the face of the guy who's actually right. And that's Chuck Todd. So he comes out and says, Biden's going to win. Dude, you don't even know how to use Google. Okay, why would I think you know anything about the election? Well, of course, he got some cold water splashed in his face. His colleague, Savannah Guthrie, who is usually doing morning duty for today, interjected to remind Todd it was a similar story in 2016. Quote, for those who remember this movie from 2016, Chuck, when folks like you and all of us put up polls and put maps that said Hillary Clinton would win, and now you're showing a similar map, I think a lot of people are probably sitting home a little skeptical. Todd laughed and relented before presenting Trump's narrow path to victory. In order for the president to get to this path, he needs a job approval rating north of 46%. He's not been north of 45 in our poll for over a year, and he's going to get, have to get his popular vote numbers to 47. It's a very difficult path. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. It's so dumb. Maybe Trump loses. I don't know, I guess. But they were wrong in 2016. They're probably wrong again. And if that's true, that means Loomer and Klesik could very well win in these blue districts. We'll see how things play out, as I normally say, because I got to tell you, the polls are meaningless. It's all meaningless. All that matters is who's fired up and ready to go. Right, Obama? I certainly think Republicans are. And many Trump supporters, as it's been said, not by me, others have said Trump supporters are, are, will walk. Trump supporters would walk over Trump supporters would walk barefoot over broken glass to vote for Trump. There, I got it. Biden supporters would not. And those who hate Trump probably wouldn't either. 
especially when most of them think Trump's going to win anyway. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 10 a.m. on this channel, but stick around 8 p.m. at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. I will be live with Jack Murphy, the man who wrote the book on being a Democrat and then voting for Trump, Democrat to deplorable. So I will see you all then. Thanks for hanging out.